Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, D'Angelo Russell is expected to return tonight against the Raptors. What's that going to do for the Lakers rotation? We'll tell you next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. I've always got something fresh up for you, and it'll never be behind a paywall. Uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to check out the show and see the magic happen, Andy. 13,000 subscribers and growing. Uh, interact with each other. Leave us comments. We'll be using actually a lot of them on the show uh, today uh, as just an example of how that's so important and why that's so important to engage with that channel. Um, do want to let everybody know the plan is for uh, us to record something after tonight's game against the Raptors, um, a game in which uh, D'Angelo Russell is expected to play. So we're going to talk about that in a second. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Um, there are a few housekeeping things in terms of injuries around the Western Conference and and uh, injuries with the Lakers even. But Andy, this is the headliner. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is expected to play against the Raptors and good Lord, none too soon. Yeah, they have absolutely been missing Gangel's Russell's presence. Uh, he'd been out six games. During that period, uh, as we've often pointed out, the offense has been, to put it generously, muddy. Um, a difficult slog. They've been managing to make they've been managing to make the best of it. I mean, the, the way they performed over the last 10 games, seven and three, multiples without D'Lo, multiples without LeBron, it's been somewhere between admirable and damn near miraculous, but they've also been at times pushing the limits of what you can do. And after a while, the, the weight starts to grow on you. Getting D'Angelo Russell back, having another guy out there that can help orchestrate the offense, provide spacing, move Dennis Schroeder back to the second unit where he is more properly slotted and just more proper slotting across the entire roster beyond the skill set we're going to get into with D'Lo. It just it makes a huge difference. And, and frankly, you just want to see more reps of D'Angelo with everybody else. He's only played four games as a Laker. Yeah. And it's we'll we'll get into this. You know, this is going to this this theme, I should say, is going to come up a little bit more uh because we're going to talk about Mobamba and his injury um here shortly. But you know it it is important for this season, it is important for what the Lakers are trying to do uh, in terms of moving up as high as they can in the standings. They're only Golden State lost on Thursday. The Lakers are only a game and a half behind the Warriors for the six seed right now. Uh, only two games behind the Clippers for the five. Um, and you know, neither you know the, the the Clippers have won a couple games in a row, but have been all over the map. The Warriors cannot win away from their own building. Uh, you know, Dallas has got some, like there's, there's space as we keep talking about now, like there is room in the Western conference to rise. It could keep winning games, but, um, to your point, like you need to see the Lakers with D'Angelo Russell, not just for now, but for next year, like the Lakers have a big decision to make about Russell 
and whether or not he's somebody that they want to commit real dollars to. Uh, you know, Delo's not going to get a max deal like he did the last time around, but he's not going to be free. <laughs> you know, so if you're going to spend 20 ish million, would you agree that's about yeah. the ballpark of what, you know, 20 to 25, probably somewhere in there? So on Russell, you want to see what it looks like at the very least with Anthony Davis and and the rest of the supporting cast. Um, so you got to get back on the floor for that. But uh, yeah. so that's a long term concern. But the short term is they just they need the injection of talent and organization and decision making in their offense so that, like you say, Dennis Schroeder can go back to a more natural attacking version of himself as opposed to an orchestrating he's done fine that's not the issue and Schroeder Schroeder has performed I mean I've said before I think low-key Schroeder's actually been having a good season but over this period it has not always been perfect with Schroeder and it will look messy but the guy guts through Mm -hmm. a lot of bleep absolutely there there's a reason that Dart I mean Beyond the familiarity he has with Schroeder going back to their time together in Atlanta, and they obviously have a strong personal relationship to go with the professional relationship, Schroeder fights through stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that is why I think Darwin ultimately trusts him, is he feels like it may start out messy, but by the end, my faith is going to end up getting rewarded. Yeah, and so and, and, and now it can also, with Schroeder, be paired you know, when when Russell was out, it to me, I know not everybody agrees. I'm not sure you entirely agree, but it made sense to me to start Schroeder because Reeves, to me, fit better with this the second. No, group. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Yeah, so I, he fit better with that second group as a facilitator and a connector. But even that, I mean, Austin Reeves also has played really well. I mean, really well, making himself a lot of money every game the Lakers play, but. He's not a he's not a traditional point guard. There are games with ball pressure where you know you can feel that, and so not only does Ham have the optionality with both of those guys now functioning as reserves, um, both of them have very good chances of finishing games, and we'll see what happens with uh, you know in fourth quarters. I still think Reeves is going to be on the floor for most of them, um, but you can move Reeves now back into that more natural connector. Um, slash facilitator as opposed to the organizer as well. Everybody slots into a better position when when Russell is back on the floor. Yeah, and I mean, and there's two other things that I, I think they've really been missing with D'Lo. First of all, just especially when LeBron is not there, it's not just the idea that he can create shots for other guys, although he's, until LeBron is back, D'Angelo Russell is the best playmaker on this team. I mean, he's, he's the most seasoned. He's the one with the most experience and I think credibility going up against starting defenses. You know, Reeves and Schroeder, like we've said, have done pretty admirable holding down the fort, but they are all things being equal, not the guys you want as the primary ones against starting or closing units. So he's going to help other guys get better shots, but he can also create his own shot. Mm-hmm. And when things start breaking down, it's really helpful to have guys out there that can actually manufacture their own looks when it starts getting messy down the stretch of possessions. The other thing, too, the spacing that D'Lo is going to provide. That's what I was going to add. Yeah. This, it's not just for the team as a whole, although it's going to help, and it's definitely going to open up even more opportunities for Anthony Davis down low. Like I, I was thinking about this. 
Malik Beasley, I think specifically, is yes. really going to benefit from having D'Lo back there. The six games that D'Lo has missed, Malik Beasley has shot 29% from three. Maybe it's just a pure coincidence, but I can't help but wonder if it's related to not having D'Angelo's own gravity out there, but also the two of them played together for a few seasons in Minnesota. He knows how Beasley wants to get the ball, where he wants to get the ball, the favorite spots. There's like a comfort level and a synergy and just familiarity. I would not be surprised at all if Beasley starts shooting better with D'Lo out there. I, I think it's – I was thinking exactly the same thing in terms of Beasley will benefit. Um, I actually I think it's more the former. I think it, it really is – just about having a little bit more gravity and a little bit more spacing and one more shooter that you have to, you really have to honor as a volume shooter. And, and that's, you know, what, what Russell functions as the, the amount of it to like Beasley doesn't need much space to get the ball off. He's always been a streaky shooter and all this, you know, and guys go, you know, shooters go through stretches where they hit 29% and then hit 43% and then 44% and it averages out. You look at the end of the year, they're 37 or whatever it is. But, he needs at least a little bit and like, you know, that little extra shove, that little extra bit of attention. The fact, you know, you're eight inches further higher up on the floor than you might otherwise be coming off that screen or whatever it is. Um, Russell's presence will lessen that heat just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's enough for a shooter like that to get the space and get the rhythm and get the timing that they want. And a more effective Malik Beasley um, will do wonders for Anthony Davis, who, by the way, doesn't seem like he needs that much help right now. Um, let's look look around. Uh, Mo Bamba, we got to talk about Mo Bamba. Bad news for him and the Lakers and his ankle. We'll get to all that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by BetterHelp. Locked on, La yeah. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, unfortunately, life does not come with a user manual, and what's not working for you, it is normal to feel stuck and confused navigating life's challenges whether professional personal emotional they can bring on anxiety whether you're talking about a career change a new relationship becoming a parent and i know from personal experience how much therapy has helped me during a difficult period in my life uh, with me and my family and sitting down and talking with a professional made a huge huge difference better help has connected over three million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, accessible anywhere, 100% online, no waiting rooms, no traffic. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to another therapist anytime. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. Again, betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Okay, so Mo Bamba. It's going to be no Bamba for the Lakers. That is the most overused joke every time he hurts himself. You go from Still didn't Mo stop Bamba, Out from about a month, uh, it's looking like, with that ankle sprain. But I, I, We need these injuries to be more dramatic, I think, sometimes. like, like It didn't look like the kind of injury when he did it. Like, oh, gosh, he's out for the game and he's limping. But you know, all of a sudden, guys are gone for a month, and you're like, wow. Um, this is an interesting one. You know, the Russell injury was easy to understand, easy to understand the impact. This one is a little different because 
Bamba Bamba had not settled into the rotation. It's you know there's no clear nightly role that the Lakers have to replace here. Um, they go back to a situation where they don't have a lot of rim protection on the roster outside of Davis, and obviously it limits Darwin's uh, optionality here. But it's a very different kind of injury losing him for a month than it was losing Russell for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, Bamba's role had a ceiling in terms of how much he was going to be on the floor to begin with. I There were times where I've wondered if Darvin was moving more in a direction towards Wenyan Gabriel anyway. I, I've gone through the game logs, and it's it's difficult to know exactly for sure. Like, I was trying to look for some trends, and I couldn't quite find it. Obviously, Gabriel now is going to get more floor time, and he can be disruptive in the lane, and he certainly – you know, bust ass getting rebounds and stuff like that. But he's not the same. He's not the same type of lane deterrent as Bamba. He certainly is not the stretch threat that Bamba is, much less a volume stretch threat that Bamba is. And for however much you think Bamba's skill set matters on this team, they have nobody else who offers it because all of the small ball options that they would go for behind Davis, whether you're talking about Gabriel or maybe Jared Vanderbilt or Rui Hachimura, none of them do the same stuff Bama does. You mm-hmm. know, like they they ultimately, they were looking for Thomas Bryant in terms of the three-point shot, but a better or at least a more definitive defensive presence in the middle. You know, like they were serving the same role, but doing it, I think, very differently. With Bamba out, there's just there's nobody else who can do the things they were looking for. And they're just going to – I guess the plus side is they have experience with how to deal with this when mm-hmm. AD's not there because they've been doing it all year. The downside is it hasn't always been pretty. Yeah. And look, I mean, it, it, it it's going to ratchet up the pressure on Anthony Davis – to be everywhere defensively. Um, you know, it's th- that's that's the downside. I think the real, really big downside, I mean, the Lakers have shown they can play defense without Bamba um, over the last few games. You know, he didn't play the other night. And, you know, they, they've looked good on that side. His, really his minutes have, even before the injury, his minutes vacillated a lot. They were, yeah. they were very all over the place. Which is kind of what you expect. Like, he didn't get a chance to play in the first couple games when the Lakers, after the Lakers acquired him, and then, you know, he... He was a matchup depend to some degree. I'm going to be a matchup dependent player anyway in terms of big minutes versus small minutes, and then he got hurt. So it's like you know, and it, with the game he got hurt the other day was right at the beginning of the, you know of his of his shift. So just hasn't had a chance to play much. And what I it go back to what I said about Russell and like part of what makes it good to get Russell back is not just about this year, but it's about next year for the Lakers. And Bamba, in some ways, it's even a, it's a it's an even bigger challenge because, let's say Russell had missed another two and a half weeks, he's still an enough of an established commodity in this league that you can look at it and say I, I feel relatively confident he's, being able to put the tape together and decide whether Russell's worth this number. To say um, nothing of being an established commodity in that building. Right. You know, I mean, for, for you can you can argue whether that's a good or bad thing because his, you know, his, his exit was 
a little messy. But nonetheless, they are at least familiar with D'Angelo Russell. Like, yeah. although Obama, part of part of what made it messy was Magic Johnson, and he's gone. Sure. So, yeah. But yeah. But Bamba, sure, Bamba, Bamba is, you know, the Lakers have an option um, on Bamba for next year. It's about ten million, correct? I believe it is ten million. It's about ten three with three hundred thousand guaranteed. So they have to make a decision about whether or not they want to keep him. Now there there are considerations that go into it that are beyond just is he worth 10 million like might be nice to just have a contract on the books that's worth 10 million dollars and go from there Mm -hmm. but in terms of of recognizing sort of proactively the value of the guy is he a good fit here um they're not going to get a chance to see that they're really they're not you know the hope is bomba can be back maybe before uh you know what knock on wood the play in knock on wood the playoffs maybe you get a look at but out for a month, coming back, hadn't really established himself, needs to work himself back into condition. You're just not going to get the sample size with Bamba this year that, that I'm sure the Lakers were hoping to see. And that's important because like, when the Lakers traded for Hachimura, the general consensus was, you know, this is you know something that they're interested in for doing for next year and all that kind of stuff. And you and I both said. Exactly. You and I both said, you know, we'd be surprised, assuming everybody can kind of come up with a reasonable number. You know, and Hachimura is not asking for fifteen or sixteen million or whatever it is, which he's not going to get anywhere anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> let's, you know, it takes one owner. Um, you know, that oh sure they'll bring him back for two or three years at eight million dollars or seven and a half million, eight million, whatever it is per. Seems like a no brainer. But there have been stretches, you know, with this new group in where Hachimura his role seemed a little bit less. And I was like, oh, maybe it's not guaranteed that they would. You need to see guys in context and really get a chance to play. Now, again, there are benefits to bringing Hachimura back at 7 or $8 million a year for a couple of years that go beyond, is Rui Hachimura worth $8 million? Um, and I think ultimately he's shown enough value that they probably will bring him back or try to. But... So much about what the Lakers have done at the deadline and after the deadline is about this year in combination with trying to figure out next year. And every time they lose out on an opportunity to see the next year part, I get a little sad. Well, this also, too, is where Bomba's time in Orlando becomes even more problematic because he kind of that organization. Well, that organi- <laughs> that organization, to put it mildly has been an absolute effing mess and they've been all over the place and they've been assembling rosters that were island of misfit toy configurations and Bomba's erratic play over there and I mean this was something we we talked about during our Bomba preview like how much of that is Bomba perhaps being overdrafted at six a few years ago and just wasn't really worthy of that status versus Orlando just being a train wreck mm-hmm. and him suffering with all of that chaos. It w- so it's like when you talk and, about and before, it, and the, by the way, and those those things are not mutually exclusive. By the way, no, no, they're yeah. not. But you want to try to get as much information as possible, and you know, D'Lo, and I, I think even maybe to a lesser degree, but still tangible enough, Hachimura are more. I think established commodities that if you had to go without the tape, 
you would have a more um, informed opinion of what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Bamba, I think, is more of a legit mystery. Oh, I can, yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I mean, the the good thing is contextually, he doesn't need to be. We we had a similar conversation with Hachimura when he was traded here. Um, but like the, the good news for the Lakers, the good news for Bamba is once he's been moved from Orlando, the Lakers don't need him to be the guy who was drafted in the high lottery. They just need a backup center. Yep. And so, you know, he needs to be good enough to be a backup center who is, you know, worth about $10 million a year. And then, you know, next year, see what happens. Like maybe he's somebody that they would keep around after that. Maybe not. You know, I mean, he is his, his strengths and weaknesses. I think we saw enough of, um, like there were, you know, the, the one, his best game, for example, it was the double, double, you know, you could see the rim protection. You could see, um, you know, the three point shooting and all that kind of stuff, confident three point shooter and all that. And you could also see hmm, he does get kind of pushed around a lot underneath. Like he's not a sturdy figure. Uh, you know, he had the big rebounding game, but he's not necessarily a dominant rebounder. Um, so it's like, you can see the pluses and minuses and why, Ultimately, he's not going to be a star and make be best suited to be a role playing backup center, but that's fine. Um, you know, the world needs those things. Um, I do want to mention too, and it's worth talking about some of the uh happenings around the Western Conference because it's injuries aren't just impacting the Lakers, they are impacting other teams. Uh, a lot of big injury news this week that will directly and indirectly impact the Lakers as they try to solidify a a you know slot in that top 10 to give themselves a shot at the playoffs. Talk about that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel. We are in the home stretch of the NBA season, which makes this the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a grand Bonus bets back, even if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, really easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drained, or get a little spicy with an exclusive bet like the two-by-three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even allows you to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday with the same game parlay. So do not miss out on your chance for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so uh, the Lakers taking on the um, the Toronto Raptors tonight. A lot of uh, injury news that is related to the Lakers and their schedule going forward. Uh, we'll touch on that in a second. I do want to highlight. We mentioned, you know, the the, the comments on the YouTube page. Um, one of one really good one today when we talk about next year and the importance of the supporting cast. Uh, we we spent a lot of Thursday's episode talking about like the LeBron AD core. Um, mm-hmm. And are you are you any are you are you more confident building around? You know, a LeBron or especially an Anthony Davis core, um, given how he's been playing, does that make it worth it and all that other kind of stuff? And, you, you know, you brought up, you know, the injury thing doesn't go away just because Anthony Davis is playing really well. Uh, Xander left a really interesting comment on the YouTube page. I think something that doesn't really get talked about 
is if most of the guys we got at the trade deadline return next season, the workload for LeBron and AD would be less. The first two games after the break, they were able to rest most of, if not uh, all of fourth, the fourth quarter, which can help prevent injury. The last season and a half, they have had to play so hard for so many minutes, and that contributed to the injuries. Um, I'll be honest. I had not thought of it in, that, in those terms. And we've we've basically dressed this trade up and these trades up and down and, and the impact of that. This is that is a really important and interesting perspective about rolling it back next year with this supporting cast. Is hopefully it would finally actually lighten the load in ways the Lakers been saying they wanted to do for the last couple seasons on those two guys. Yeah, I mean, just one more plus in, in the column for continuity and a reminder that you know taking the load off your stars can be done in ways that doesn't involve just adding another star. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like th there can be more creative and I think maybe even more effective ways to go about doing that. So like you said, that's a really smart observation by Xander. Good call. Um, so yeah, we, we appreciate the people leaving the, you know, when people leave those comments, got a lot of really great comments about, uh, this question of whether or not LeBron or Anthony Davis should or will have their jerseys retired. Um, I think a lot of them, if I had to summarize Andy, I think most people kind of agreed with our premise that LeBron probably for sure. And Anthony Davis probably was a little bit of work to do. Both of them were going to hall of fame. Somebody actually asked the question, you know, actually mentioned that we were putting the cart ahead of the horse. Like they have to get in the hall of fame first. Um, this is VJ Mexico, uh, leaving a, a comment on the, on the page, uh, Hall of Fame is the first qualification for the uh, for the right for jerseys to hang in the rafters. Again, I think it's fair to say both of these guys are going to the Hall of Fame. Maybe you're on the fence with LeBron. I'm not. I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and make him a first ballot guy. No, at this point, um, I'm confident enough not just to put the card card you know ahead of the horse. If you want, if you want to put it that way, I'll, I'll go horseless. Just all carts, <laughs> like. They're both going to the Hall of Fame. I, it's pretty much a given that, you know, once you're a top 75 player like AD or once you lead the league in all-time scoring, you're pretty much going to the Hall. Yeah. So my favorite, though, we, we put out a poll on the YouTube section um, about whether or not you think they'll have their jerseys retired. And the, the uh, categories were, or responses, both yes, both no. LeBron, yes. AD, no. AD, yes. LeBron, no, which I will admit, I put up AD, yes. LeBron, no. I did this poll. A bit of a goof <laughs> because, like, really, I can't possibly think of the argument where AD gets his number retired and LeBron doesn't. Uh, both, yes, 25% so far. Both, no, 38%. LeBron, yes. AD, no, 36%. And then 1%. ADS LeBron no to that one percent out there you are either a just chef's kiss troll and in on I guess some type of joke in which case nicely done or you're an idiot I'll let you decide for yourself so uh the I mentioned how tight it is uh in the Western Conference in the uh in the last segment uh the injury news around the league this week has been significant um, Luka Doncic is banged up in Dallas. He left uh, Dallas's last game with a thigh injury. Um, 
I, I believe they were saying that, you know, the worst of it, they avoided, but he's in a tremendous amount of pain. Yeah. The MRI um, was apparently clean, clean, but you know, a ton of pain for Luca and, you know, as Luca goes, so goes that team. Um, they have not played well following the big uh, Kyrie Irving deal that has not catapulted them higher in the standings. In fact, they keep dropping. Um, and so, you know, you have that situation. You have Brandon Ingram turned an ankle uh, on Thursday in, uh, in, in New Orleans last game. And so, obviously, they're barely hanging in there um, and losing Brandon Ingram for any stretch of time would make a slumping team play even worse. Well, this um, is interesting, too, because he's currently listed as day-to-day with his foot issue. But Jose Alvarado, um, he it's another two weeks before he gets reevaluated for a tibia stress reaction. Larry Nance Jr., it's a little bit under a week before he gets reevaluated for an ankle. The Lakers and Pelicans play in five days. Mm-hmm. So there is a legitimate chance that they could be facing a very depleted, if not, you know, downright uh, gutted Pelicans team. Right. Which and that's obviously you don't. Root and that's for one injury, of their road games. Yeah. So you don't, you don't root for injury, but that's an opportunity. It just is. It is. Absolutely. And so that's one of the games the Lakers will play on the road that certainly could get easier, if nothing else. And, uh, uh, I think they did just get Valanchunas back in the lineup, but overall, that's that's a team that is very beat up. And along those lines, Andy, uh, the, you know the the Pelicans, obviously a team that you know they are tied to, statistically going into uh, Friday's games with the Lakers. Uh, the Mavericks a game and a half ahead. The Phoenix Suns are well clear of the Lakers. They're five games ahead of the Lakers, but Kevin Durant being out for two or three weeks means that he is uh, certainly very possibly going to miss the game the Lakers play um, against the Suns on the 22nd. I mean, it's not guaranteed, but it's they're going to be to say the to say the Suns are going to be cautious with Kevin Durant <laughs> heading a, is an understatement. So I wouldn't expect if, if he's available for that game, that would be coming in basically at the two week mark, maybe even slightly even slightly little, shorter. So I, I say, would. I would expect I that he surprised. wouldn't be available for that game. So the Lakers now get get a little bit of benefit, get a little bit of luck there that they're going to see the Suns, but will miss likely Kevin Durant. So you look at the schedule; it's Toronto tonight. They've been terrible away from uh, from their home building. You get the Knicks on Sunday. That's a, a you know a team that's playing you know legitimately well in the West, although they did lose to Sacramento on on Thursday. Um, by the way, the Pelicans game was Wednesday. I missed it was my mistake there um but you know you get a depleted pelicans team uh on tuesday next week then you get the rockets who are just you know definitionally depleted um a slumping dallas team with a banged up luca then orlando the suns without kevin durant and you know back to the thunder two games against the bulls you know it it it's no games in the nba are easy the coaches will tell you this you got to show up and play they're all professionals blah 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 if, if it, would be, it would be almost impossible to even design a schedule that is plausible and legal that gives the Lakers this many opportunities to win. Yeah, they just got to cash in on it. I mean, and, and they've been playing in a way that makes you feel like they aren't just serious. They, they are cognizant of the idea of, okay, we, we actually can make this happen. Like, this is not crazy talk or ridiculousness. We actually 
can get ourselves into the playoff mix, which is incredible when you consider they have not been 500 this whole season. No. And they're still not. <laughs> like, nope. you know, they got to nope. win. You know, if they win two more games in a row, they will be 500. Yep. Um, for the first time since zero and zero. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it is remarkable. But, you know, the way things are shaping out, like if they can get into the six, which again, not crazy talk, if they can get into the six, um, you are, you're looking at, Memphis, perhaps you're looking at maybe Sacramento, you know, maybe Phoenix, which would be kind of a uh, an unfortunate bet you know, or unfortunate deal. But like you know, even if it were, it's just the West is so open. Sacramento is a very good team. Um, I, I Mike Brown has done a great job there. They've won eight of ten. They've got Sabonis. They've got De'Aaron Fox. It's really cool. Um, I realize it's a traditional rival of the Lakers, but it's cool to see that team and that fan base get rewarded in the way yeah. that they have with a good team. And, you know, it's, it's good for the West. It's good for the division, for the for the Kings to be good. Um, and ultimately, if the Lakers kind of rejoin that, it'll be fun to have that rivalry back in, in, in a meaningful way where these teams can play meaningful games. Um, all of that said, particularly until we learn more about the Suns and learn more about KD and, and what that's going to look like and how healthy he'll be, there's one dominant team in the Western Conference. That's it. Yeah. The Kings are good, but they're not terrifying. They're just really good. It's Denver, and that's it. That is the only legitimately established high-end team with very little to prove about how high-end they are in the entire conference. Everything else, you know, I think the Clippers could be really good. I think, but like every team you look at them, you say, like, that team could be pretty good in a series, but I have no idea what they'd be over the entire playoff. You know, Golden State is great at home and they cannot win on the road. So like the opportunity is legitimately there. It's ridiculous to say it, like you said, but it's legitimately there. No, well, I mean it's a combination of things cooperating for him in the conference and to the Lakers' credit, not giving up. Yep. And sometimes things just break your way. All right. So locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, comment, participate. Um, and like I said, we we love to use everybody's uh input on the show. It inspires us for topics, ask us questions, all that stuff. We try to engage and answer as much as we can uh, on a daily basis. A reminder that we uh plan to be back for uh, a, a mini pod after Friday's game, hopefully a win for the Lakers. But generally speaking, I would say the the plan for most game nights, even on weekends, uh, will be to try to record something. So you know check in after games um and and we we certainly intend to have something for you most of those nights certainly during the week we will anyway it's five day a week show uh and all right we'll see everybody uh after the game